Well, hello, Hola and Alola, and welcome to episode 5 of Dexy Beasts, the show where we dive deep into the Pokedex and all the beasts that dwell within. I am your host, Adam, and as for my co-host for today, please welcome a man who lets the monsters in his pocket fight his battles for him. It's Viper. Hello, I'm Viperbite, you just call me Viper, and I'll be going over the competitive aspects of today's Pokemon. And also joining us is the only person to ever find out what was inside the GS ball, but what she found was far too terrible to disclose. It's Claire. Hello, my name is Claire. I am very traumatised from what I saw, and I am your Route 1 guide to the anime. And today's episode is going to be the start of a new mini-series, as alluded to, where we look at Route 1 Birds, or the early game avian Pokemon available in each region. The early birds, if you will. We'll be starting in Kanto as we cover Pokedex numbers 16, 17, and 18. It's Pidgey, Pidgeotto, and Pidgeot. So, how about we start by trying to conjure up an image of this Pokemon in the minds of our listeners? Viper, would you like to kick things off and describe Pidgey for us? Um, I'll try. Gen 1's kind of the time where they kind of used a lot of real-world inspiration and made them look a lot like the real counterparts. And Pidgey looks like, well, looks like a generic bird. Has some brown and white feathers around him, brown more on the top side of his back, which is which stays pretty consistent through most of his evolution line. Really the only distinct fi- feature that Pidgey has that most of his other line doesn't is the distinct little eyebrows that he has on the top of his head which kind of go out kind of like a little dash. He also doesn't have the same wavy hair as we'll get to later with the other lines. It's kind of, it definitely is the pre-evolution of this line. He looks like a baby bird, and he looks like the main image, which is kind of just bird. That's really all he is. It's bird. Only so many ways I can say bird. Yeah, I think that's fair. I guess I'll take Pidgeotto next, since it's probably the least notable of the three. Pidgeotto is larger than Pidgey. It now has red feathers on its head and a few red tail feathers amongst the usual brown. It does have black marks around its eyes, which are perhaps a little more pronounced than its pre-evolution. It's kind of reminiscent of um, Egyptian depictions of Horus, the god of the sky. I know he's depicted with a falcon's head as well. But outside of that, I don't think there's really much else to say. I guess we'll move on to Pidgeot then. Claire? Uh, sure. Pidgeot also resembles a bird with large wings, sharp talons, and a short hooked beak with brown and cream-coloured plumage. It has a long body with a decorated crest with yellow and red feathers. Much like its predecessors, it features angular black markings which frames its face, and the cream-coloured feathers in the centre of its body are now fully connected, emphasising the matured figure. Okay. To be fair, I think that's about everything we can say about its appearance. Um, (laughs) As Viper said, pretty much described as bird. (laughs) So I guess the next thing to do is to move on to what else we know about Pidgey. So other things we know about it are its dual normal and flying typing, which is not uncommon for birds in Pokemon games. It evolves into Pidgeotto, level 18, and Pidgeot at level 36, reaching its final evolution stage at the same point as the Kanto starters. Its first in-game appearance is in Pokemon Red and Blue, where you can catch it very early on Route 1 after leaving Pallet Town. 
Pidgey is catchable most of the way through the games, to be fair, certainly up to the routes north of Cerulean City, after which it tends to start getting replaced by Pidgeotto. It's also available in Johto almost everywhere, but only during the daytime where Hootoot takes over during the evening shift. It's probably easier to list the games where it isn't available in some form, so that's Ruby and Sapphire, Black, although it is available in White, Sword and Shield, and, at the time of recording, Scarlet and Violet. Up until Generation 8 it was fairly ubiquitous, and you can say the same about Pidgeotto too. Pidgeot, on the other hand, cannot generally be caught in the wild up until we get to Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon by using the island scan on Route 10. In Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, once you become champion, Pidgeot starts appearing everywhere as far back as Route 1. Since Generation 8, the only games Pidgey and its evolutions appear in are Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. It was cut in Sword and Shield's so-called Dexit event, and has not made a comeback for Scarlet and Violet, which is kind of weird considering it was such an omnipresent Pokemon, and now it's just not even available. In terms of what the Pokedex has to say about Pidgey, the first entries in Red and Blue says, Common sight in forests and woods. It flaps its wings at ground level to kick up blinding sand. It's not exactly enthralling stuff. Many of the subsequent entries don't tend to add a whole lot of detail, except to suggest that Pidgey is quite docile and would rather run away than fight. The entry in Pokemon Emerald contains a fairly interesting fact, which says, It has an extremely sharp sense of direction. It can unerringly return home to its nest, however far it may be removed from its familiar surroundings. Now, I'd assume that this is based on real-life racing pigeons, which can generally find their way back to their nest from hundreds of miles away. Pidgeotto's entries generally refer to its more territorial nature, now that it's a bit bigger, badder, and bolder. I found Pokemon X had a slightly surprising Pokedex entry with the following. The claws on its feet are well developed. It can carry prey such as an execute to its nest over 60 miles away. Wait, hold on, yeah, that's weird. The bird Pokemon eating eggs. Yeah. Huh. There's some sort of irony there, I'm sure, but <laughs> of all the things, you'd think there'd be more after Caterpie. Yeah, also, why does it say it like it's a challenge to catch and execute? Like, there's <laughs> six of them. I'd be more impressed if you didn't get one. <laughs> also, does this, does this also mean that there are executes with tribes less than six? Kind of interesting. Well, maybe they're completely wiped out. What, you mean the others oh. have been picked off? Maybe. <laughs> That explains it, actually. It's a little morbid. Well, this is a little bit too much for existential crisis for today. Indeed. But Pidgeot kind of goes a little bit further in some regards. Mm -mm. It tends to go for easier prey. In Red and Blue, they outright state that Pidgeot likes to eat Magikarp. Although, to be fair, I think... Well, so does everyone. Yeah, pretty much everyone likes to eat Magikarp. <laughs> Let's go Pikachu and Eevee probably have the most typical entries for Pidgeot, which state... This Pokemon flies at Mach 2 speed, seeking prey. Its large talons are feared as wicked weapons. It's kind of insane that this thing can create a sonic boom that would deafen you just by flying past. I did look this up, by the way, and Mach 2 is 1,290 miles per hour. That's definitely like a very Gen 1, like, Dex entry. 
It's like where it's like it's like cool, but also very basic. Wow, big bird go big fast. I don't know. I think that's kind of ironic as well, considering it based that for its speed. But I guess we'll get onto that a little bit later. In terms of special in-game appearances, Pidgeot actually has a few, mainly through the player's rival in red and blue. He raises a Pidgey through the course of the game, and by the time he's champion, he has a level 61 Pidgeot in his team. In gold and silver, he is the Viridian City gym leader, touting a level 56 Pidgeot. So maybe it got weaker between generations. His highest level Pidgeot is during the gym leader rematch in Heart Gold and Soul Silver, where it comes at you at level 72. Then we have Faulkner, the flying type gym leader in gold and silver. He exclusively uses this line in his first battle with you. He uses a level 7 Pidgey and a level 9 Pidgeotto. I don't understand why he doesn't use a Hootoot or a Murkrow, you know, just showcase something from that generation. He could have fucking used Yama. Yeah. His rematch in Heart Gold and Soul Silver is a little more representative, but in that battle he does use a level 56 Pidgeot as his ace. And that is everything I could find. So not too extensive, but there was a few little tidbits in there. I guess the next thing to talk about is its competitive viability. So, Viper, how does it fare? So, as you guys know, for Gen 1 competitive, we have not had a really good run with Pokemon. The best being Venusaur, which was the first Pokemon we mentioned here. Ever since then, most Gen 1 competitive Pokemon have been abysmal at most. Pidgeot, however, is no different. (laughs) In fact, might be our worst case yet. Pidgeot gets not only defeated by most things here without being able to counter it, because again, Pidgeot doesn't really have a lot of type coverage. They have normal type moves. What, I think it's going to say flying? No, they have no flying type moves. (laughs) Just normal. (laughs) So, Lord forbid there's a Gengar, a Rhydon, a Golem. That Pidgeot won't be doing anything. And even then, bulky ice types like Lapras, Articuno, electric types take care of it just as fast, and it doesn't have a good enough special defense stat to even tank a hit. It's very sad. If you want to use a normal flying type, there's way better options with Spiro and Dotrio. Generation 2, 3, 4, 5, I'm just going to group them all together, because <laughs> it doesn't get any better. He gets a couple of useful assets, I guess. But nothing to really save them. Like, for example, they get wing attack. That like <laughs> Gen 2's wing attack's the best thing against and I guess Steel Wing. Okay, Steel Wing's I guess something. But aside from that, the only good things it gets is like substitute, toxic. It literally is so bad to the point where when Gen 4 camp with stealth rocks, it was because the NU2 tier means never used. It was never used in the never used tier. It was NU, NU. Yes, it was awful. It did eventually in- get Brave Bird, which helped it a bit, and U-Turn helped it pivot a bit. But aside from that, it was nowhere near useful enough. Even with things like Choice Band and like other fun, <laughs> more powerful moves like Return. It isn't until Gen 6's Omega Ruby F Sapphire where its Mega Evolution takes it at least somewhere a little different now. It's not really usable in double battle still, but in the single battle OU tier, it actually kicked a lot of butt. 
Because no guard is an amazing ability, as some of you may know, having you being able to get hit by everything, but having all your moves hit no matter what is amazing for things like a powerful hurricane, heat wave, and a lot of other like cool moves with this new 135 special attack from Mega Evolution. So Pidgeot definitely got a good glow up here. And it actually was also really good because it had moves like Workup, which helped it raise its already high special attack, making even combat really big threats like Tornadus, which was the other flying type at the time that was terrorizing single battle OU tier of Gen 6. Unfortunately, that's kind of where its reign ends, where Gen 7 things like Coco and Neo Lego kind of just shot it out of the sky. But it at least had a decent run for all it's worth, even if things like Mega Aerodactyl kind of walled it at times. But it still had its moments. And as we mentioned before, Sword, Shield, Scarlet, and Violet doesn't even include Pidgeot, so there is no Gen 8 or Gen 9 competitive right now. So to sum it all up, aside from Generation 6, Pidgeot is almost impossible to use, having very little type coverage and no bulk and very low stat totals. I, I'm sorry for Pidgeot fans, but competitive is not your place. Yeah, kind of expected, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It's quite funny because um, the Pokedex suggests that Pidgeot's sort of main niche is some sort of speed merchant i mean it was fast it had 91 in the lit in the earlier games and it got buffed to 110 in gen 6 as well but again there are so many better options like another reason why gen 4 was bad star raptor was just better in every single way that's <laughs> intimidate and i think this is the thing isn't it is the text reads like it's got a bit of a niche but there's so many other things that outspeed it I guess the next thing to do is, now that we understand how this thing fares in fights, let's see how it fares on the screen. Claire, would you like to go through Pidgey's notable appearances in the anime? Absolutely. If you've tuned into our previous episodes, you'll know that I like to start at the beginning of every evolution line and make my way up through their anime appearances. So, of course, we'll start with Pidgey. Ash Ketchum doesn't own a Pidgey at any point in the anime. Ash, however, does encounter a Pidgey with Pikachu in the first episode, Pokemon I Choose You. At this point in time, however, despite Ash's best attempts to catch it, Pikachu wasn't obeying or responding to Ash at this time, allowing the Pidgey to get away. As Pidgey was such a common Route 1 encounter, it makes sense that over the years, that Pidgey would accumulate a simple approximate total of over 80 anime appearances. So now let's move on to Pidgeotto and Pidgeot. Ash Ketchum did own a Pidgeotto, catching it in the third episode, fittingly called Ash Catches a Pokemon. It became a staple member of Ash's party, becoming his second caught Pokemon and his third obtained Pokemon overall. It would fight in a number of battles, usually to whittle down HP, before bringing out more prominent Pokemon such as Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle and Pikachu to finish the Pokemon off. 78 episodes after capture, in the episode Pallet Party Panic, Ash and the gang encountered Wild Spiro and Firo attempting to harass the local Pidgey bird life. Ash's Pidgeotto attempted to lead some of the Pidgey to safety but became badly injured in the process. Undeterred, however, Pidgeotto forcefully evolved into Pidgeot in order to attack the harassers, ultimately leading the Pidgey and Pidgeotto to scare off the Spiros and Firos. 
It's a bit of bird-on-bird bird action, that, isn't it? Bird-on-bird <laughs> bird action. <laughs> Fearing for a revenge attack, Ash released Pidgeot to the wild, allowing it to defend and protect the flock it had so valiantly fought for. This, however, was not the last time Ash and Pikachu would see Pidgeot. After featuring in three different flashbacks, during Pokemon Black and White and in the earlier episodes of Pokemon Journeys the series, Pidgeot reunited with Ash as it saved Pikachu from being captured by Team Rocket in the final, currently aired version of the Pokemon anime. After noticing that the Pidgey and Pidgeot of its flock had already grown up into Pidgeot themselves, Ash offered Pidgeot to rejoin his team, which it happily accepted. Outside of this particular Pokemon, overall, Pidgeotto and Pidgeot appeared in the anime an approximate 44 and 31 number of times, respectively. Unfortunately, though, outside from the episodes I just previously mentioned, there really aren't any other interesting episodes to refer to, where any of this evolution line appear and have a prominent role in, which brings my section to a close. Although I suspect if you were to list every single episode it appears in, it'd be far longer than any other Pokemon outside of Pikachu. You test my patience every episode, Adam. <laughs> every episode. I know, I know, but... It, it, <laughs> Basically, if there's ever a landscape shot or a background scene, there's always a flock of them flying away. Yeah, pretty much. Usually from like a, a bigger threat, you know, like if a legendary is awakening in, in the jungle. Pokemon drinking game, anyone? <laughs> no. No, I value my liver, thank you. You're glad I didn't mention it for the Pikachu episode. Oh, God, yeah. I was going to make a joke about that too in the, the Pikachu episode. <laughs> take a shot for every time we say cheer this episode. Okay. Well, if that's everything there, I guess it's time to move on to any other media appearances or trivia. Well, uh, Pidgey was the featured Pokemon for Pokemon Go's 2023 April Fool's Day, oh, yes. which resulted yes. in increased spawns for a limited time field research quests. However, the reason I want to bring this up specifically is because there was an uh, in-game lore reason why there were so many Pidgeys. <laughs> Yeah. So Professor Willow, the professor mentor equivalent for the game, mentioned that he used a great fence instead of an ultra fence, which I think is hilarious because in practice, how does that work? <laughs> Should have got a master <laughs> fence. <laughs> so silly. Wait, also, it's a bird. What the heck's a fence going to do? Yeah, that was quite funny, actually. I did, I did hear a lot of people complain about that event. It's like, oh, it's Pidgey. Like, yeah, but it's April Fool's. Plus, I got a shiny one out of it, so... Oh, good. I was just trying to get a ditto. I've been trying to get a ditto for, like, that one early, like, quest from, like, five years ago. Oh, God, it's a nightmare. <laughs> I still haven't caught one. Okay, actually, you know what? I have one trivia thing for Pidgey Hot, and it's kind of... It's a little... Far-fetched, pun intended, but <laughs> it's still very funny to bring up. Okay. In Pokemon Rumble, a Pidgeot looks especially weird to me. I don't know why. It's just, to me, Pidgeot... Oh, God, yeah, I've just looked it up. I don't know. It's, it's maybe because the colouring's a I bit mean, wrong. The head-to-body ratio is a bit weird, but I don't like the weird pointy chicken wings. I don't know. I other birds were fine. Like, Thero looked pretty okay. Uh, there's a Rattata right underneath it, and that looks awful as well. I mean, yeah, especially like Pokemon Rumble, I do make fun of the sprites quite often, and <laughs> this is no exception. Or the Polygons. Angular edges. Remember when they tried to make this game a mobile game? Ugh, it's giving me shivers. 
I've not really got anything other than a couple of weeks ago, I actually found a, a Pidgeotto toy at the supermarket. <laughs> a Pidgeotto toy. Huh. <laughs> not even a Pidgey or a Pidgeot. How bizarre. I don't know why it was there. I don't know why it was made, but it was official. So, yeah, I didn't buy it. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's about everything we have for trivia. So why don't we move on to our personal opinions and any particular memories that we have. So let's pick on Claire to start with. Would you like to take us through your history with Pidgey? Uh, I was a pretty avid Pokemon Go player back when it first launched um so having every like third pokemon be a pidgey was not appreciated yeah pidgey hell but now it doesn't spawn ever so it's like yeah you tend to get starly and Pidov at the moment don't you yeah there's a lot of Pidovs. yeah too many for me it's hoot hoot okay i guess we'll move on to viper well Maybe not, because I am struggling to recall a single memory with Pidgeot. <laughs> I caught a shiny in Pogo a year ago. That's it. I never used one because I don't play Gen 1 that much. And in the other game, there's just always a better flying type. So it's like, I, I, I've never tried it. And I think, th actually, this is the first time in, um, in recording episodes that this is the first time I've never used a Pokemon in competitive. I've never used a Pidgeot in any competitive team I've ever made. To be fair, I think there's a good reason for that. Well, if my description's were anything to tell, yeah. For me, Pidgey's a fine Pokemon. There's nothing particularly wrong with it in terms of its usage in the single-player game, but it's not as exciting to use as almost anything else. I'd like to say it's a solid early game choice in its debut games Red and Blue, but it struggles in Brock's Gym against all the Geodudes that you run into in Mount Moon and Rock Tunnel. Then it struggles with Lieutenant Surge. Actually, it's likely to run into a lot of problems early on. It doesn't particularly excel in any area either, even when you'd expect it to be one of the fastest Pokemon out there. And design-wise, it's fine. It just doesn't have a lot of the charm or flair. Uh, even compared to a lot of other Gen 1 Pokemon. In summary, it's it's okay, but it's far from being one of my favourites, I guess. Okay. This is the Blasphemous episode all over again. <laughs> I have nothing positive to say about him. Yeah, poor guy. But I guess that will about do it for today's Dexy Beasts. Thank you to my co-hosts Viper and Claire, and thank you as always for listening. Continuing our early bird specials, Next episode, we'll be covering Spiro, so stick around for that, I guess. Until then, if you've enjoyed the show, consider buying us a coffee as a little treat. Links for that and other social media endeavours are in the description below. Until next time, goodbye. See ya. Bye.